Welcome to The Body Nerd Show, empowering you with the super uncomplicated things you need to know about self-care and movement so that you too can wake up every day pain-free. I'm your host, Alexandra Ellis, and I'm a coach, writer, former yogi, kettlebell devotee, and 100% body nerd. So, are you ready? Let's get nerdy! Welcome back. You're listening to episode 10 of The Body Nerd Show. Super excited that we have made it to double digits. Although 10 is not a huge number, it's still pretty exciting to now get to enter in two digits for the number. So I hope you are as excited as I am about this. And this weekend, I'm really looking forward to teaching at a yoga festival called Wanderlust. Now, this is a yoga festival that I attended about two years ago in Squaw Valley in Tahoe, uh, where Lake Tahoe is, if you didn't know. And it was such an awesome experience to be fully immersed in nature with a ton of fun, different activities. I was helping out my friend as he taught some body work and therapy ball rolling classes. I was able to take workshops with some of the most amazing teachers um, that only teach at festivals. So I got to take a class with uh, Catherine Budig, which was like, oh, I was totally fangirling. And so after that festival... I said to myself, I just, I want to do that. I want to teach. I want to be at Wanderlust one year. And so it's really exciting that that has arrived, that by the time you're listening to this, I will already have taught. So you can go check out my Instagram and see the photos from that weekend. Um, And it's just, it's so awesome. So hopefully that's some inspiration for you to dream big, do the vision boards, set the big goals and do all the things because honestly, anything is possible when you set your mind to it. And this has nothing to do with today's topic, but I just wanted to share that little snippet of, you know, what's going on in my life as I sit down, or I guess I stand. I don't sit when I record these. I am standing at my standing desk. Um, But as I step to the mic, we'll say, to record these, just giving you a little idea of behind the scenes and what's going on. So I will also be teaching at Wanderlust later this summer, so end of July 2019, um, in Squaw Valley. So it's the same festival that I got to go to two years ago and had my mind blown. So if you are coming to that festival, come say hi. Um, I'll also drop down in the show notes a code that you can use to save 10% off your ticket. And it's going to be fun. So here's to a summer of, yes, some yoga, but also a lot of therapy ball rolling. I know I call myself a former yogi. Uh, That's because I don't practice yoga all the time. And I don't even teach a lot of yoga. I definitely don't teach as many down dogs as I used to. And that's not a hit on yoga. It's just my interests, we'll say, have changed a little bit. You will maybe sometimes occasionally catch me in a hot yoga class. So it's not to say I don't do yoga at all, but I'm definitely not as yoga based as I was before. So I'll be teaching body work and therapy ball rolling at Wanderlust this summer. So come play, come roll. Now, the interesting thing about the event that's happening this weekend is that it is a mindful triathlon. And today's topic is all about ankles. So we will dive into the anatomy of ankles, what happens when you have an ankle sprain, what to do if you have an ankle sprain, whether it's fresh or it's old. Ankles are a very important joint, obviously. They're 
attached to your legs and to your feet. And uh, I was thinking of the people who are participating in the mindful triathlon this weekend and how important ankles are for runners. So if you are a runner, this episode's for you. If you're not a runner, this episode is still for you. If you have feet and ankles, this episode is for you. So my interest in ankles, which sounds so weird to say, um, but I had a very severe ankle sprain in college that had me on crutches for a couple of days. And the weird thing about this ankle sprain, and this can happen with any injury really, is that I didn't realize it was sprained right away. So I went to UC Davis and bicycle riding is like the number one mode of transportation there. And I was riding my bike to class. I was running late per usual. Not much has changed. And I, um, it was raining. So my boots were wet that I was wearing. And so as I was getting off my bike and I did this thing, I always would do this where I'd like continue to roll like into my parking spot while getting off the bike at the same time. It was a cool thing. I was a what was I think I was a I was a senior at the time. So you know I'd been doing it for a while. So anyways, I'm getting off my bike. My foot skids. I don't like as I step off, I don't get traction and so my ankle tweaked, but not in the traditional way that you sprain your ankle. So usually people get an inversion ankle sprain and that's when you sprain the outside of your ankle and your foot turns inwards, hence the name inversion ankle sprain. And I had an eversion ankle sprain, which I didn't realize at the time. It wasn't until probably two days later. I did notice that my foot progressively started to hurt more and more and more. And by day three or four, um, I remember stepping out of my bed in the morning and literally collapsing to the floor because I couldn't put any weight on it. And so um, my boyfriend at the time who was Anthony, who's now my husband, but he was my boyfriend at the time and took me to urgent care. And I just remember the frustration. So they did some x-rays and the doctor with this puzzled look was like, well, so nothing's broken, but you say it hurts. And I was like, well, yes, it hurts a lot. You can see I can't walk. Yeah, but nothing's broken. (laughs) It just was so frustrating because Soft tissues can hurt too, right? It doesn't have to be broken for there to be pain. And if you listen to episode, I think it's four on your brain on pain, you don't even have to have structural things to have pain. So a little bit frustrated at that time, but whatever. So I got crutches. And if you've ever been on crutches, being on crutches in the rain is terrible. It is no fun at all. And I did have a situation where I was crutching myself into um, the gym where the office for the athletic training room was. I was working as an athletic trainer, a student athletic trainer at the time. Um, And when you have wet crutches, because it rains in the winter in Davis all the time, wet crutches hitting dry tile equals zero traction. And so I had to put my foot down and like basically re-sprain it. It was terrible. And I wish I had known then what I know now about how to deal with ankle sprains and also how to avoid them going forward. And that's what I'm going to share with you today. And ankle sprains happen for everybody from time to time. And what I can tell you is that for me now, my foot will sometimes roll into that inversion position, which is the ankle sprain position, but I don't get ankle sprains. And the biggest issue I see and the reason why I don't get ankle sprains is that 
most of our ankles, and I'll say our, because I don't want to say you, I don't know what your ankles are, but chances are your ankles are probably pretty stiff. And so when the ankles are more elastic, which I think is the best descriptor, because you want to think of an elastic band where it can stretch, but also return to shape. But there also is a point where too much stretch can happen and it won't ever return to shape. So there's still a chance. But for general, you know, stepping off a curb and tweaking it a little bit, if your ankle is able to move in those directions without injury, you won't have an injury. If your ankles are very, very stiff, like little concrete blocks on the ends of your legs, then if you step off a curb or you step on something funny or you step on a Lego in the middle of the night, chances are you might get an ankle sprain. So this lack of flexibility is a big deal when it comes to the ankles. And I think that the cause of this has a lot to do with the shoes that we wear. So if you think of your shoes, and I know they're probably on your feet right now, but most shoes have a very stiff sole. And your feet have a ton of joints and possibilities where movement can happen. There's upwards of 33 joints in the foot. But in a shoe with a stiff sole, those 33 joints don't have to move and they can't move because the sole of the shoe is so stiff. So the movement has to happen somewhere. And where it will go is into the ankles, the knees, and the hips. Usually it's the ankles have to move more because of that lack of flexibility through the foot. And so what happens is your ankle and your body and all the tissues around it, they don't like being that mobile. And so they get tighter to create stability. Another element of this and also caused by that stiffness of the sole in shoes is a weakness of the feet. So again, those 33 joints, they don't have to move as much and the muscles all in and around your foot don't have to support your body in the same way. And your body always runs on the use it or lose it principle. So if you're not using a certain muscle, hey, guess what? Your body isn't going to be strengthening it. So the biggest problem with the ankles is that lack of flexibility, like I talked about, but also the weakness of the feet. And both of these are caused by shoes. So you're probably guessing one fix for ankles already, but we'll dive into that in just a little bit. So let's get into the anatomy of the ankle. And if you remember back in the day on Facebook, I used to do anatomy with Alex every single week. This will be a new challenge to explain anatomy without any visuals, but let's do it. So the ankle joint in Latin or the official anatomical term is a talocrural joint. And usually Latin is just describing the bones that are involved. And we'll talk a little bit more about that. It's also a synovial joint. Synovial joints are for your uh, hip is a synovial joint. Your shoulders are synovial joints. Knees are synovial joints and the ankle. And what that means is that there is a joint capsule. So you can think of it like a bag, very tight and form fitting. And inside that joint is synovial fluid. And this helps to lubricate the joint and provide a little bit of cushioning and nutrients and things like that. It doesn't have anything to do with how the joint moves. It just means that there is synovial fluid or synovium inside the joint. And the ankle is formed by the bones of the leg, your tibia and your fibula, and the foot, your talus. So where those three bones come together is what the ankle is. 
Now, because it's those three bones together and not a ball and socket joint like your hip or shoulder, the movement that happens there isn't truly a circle. So even if it looks like a circle, functionally, it's called a hinge joint. So think of like a door hinge, which means that it really only allows motion in a couple directions. So you do get dorsiflexion, which is when the top of your foot goes closer to your shin, and then plantar flexion or plantar flexion, which is the opposite kind of like when you point your toes. So that eversion that I talked about at the ankle is sort of happening at the ankle, but most of it is happening through the foot. But for our purposes, it doesn't really matter. We can just all call it ankle motion. But technically, if you are having to take an anatomy test, just know the ankle is a hinge type joint, okay? There's no test at the end of this. In all joints of the body, and the ankle is no different, you have ligaments that connect bones to bones. So here you have ankle ligaments that are on the outside and on the inside. And on the outside, they're called lateral. And on the inside, they're called medial. And that's standard across the body. Inside, closer to the midline is medial. And closer to the outside, away from the midline, is lateral. Now, it's those lateral ankle ligaments that are the most commonly sprained. So if, again, I think of anatomy as just being a fun party trick, if you want to like blow somebody's mind, you can be like, well, yes, it was a lateral ankle sprain. And people are going to be like, what are you talking about? The ankle ligament that is most commonly involved in ankle sprains is called your anterior talofibular ligament. And really, it doesn't matter what it's called. Just know that those ankle sprains to the outside are super duper common. There's a couple of other ligaments that are also there. And their purpose is really just to connect the bones, create that stability, and allow for movement to happen in a very specific direction. So if you didn't have those ligaments, then, you know, that side of the ankle would just be wobbly and not very stable. So ligaments do serve an important purpose. Now, the difference between ligaments and muscle, you can think of ligaments more like that rubber band analogy where they can stretch and go back to their normal shape, but there is a limit to which they can stretch. And beyond that limit, they are injured. And so when it comes to ankle specifically, what we're trying to do is to improve the ability of those joints and tissues to move in ranges that are more adaptable so that, again, you can step off a curb and not sprain your ankle. So the best way, we got all the Latin out of the way, good job. The best way to avoid ankle sprains really truly is to strengthen your feet. And so I talked about how shoes can make your feet weaker. So an easy way to strengthen your feet is to spend more time barefoot. Now, if you have been in shoes for a very long time, don't throw your shoes off and then go run around barefoot for like three days straight straight. That will definitely create some injury. So that's not what we want to do. But do try to spend more time without shoes or more time with shoes that are less supportive. I realize that that probably goes against anything you've ever been told about your ankles, but trust me on this. We think that we can outsmart the body and support this and support that and put arch support here and there, but really your feet know how to work. Arch supports are fantastic if you are in the throes of, you know, plantar fasciitis or something where you have pain right away. 
but you also want to train your body to work as it was designed. So more time barefoot is going to help all of the muscles of your feet get stronger. It's going to help the ligaments of the feet and ankles get stronger. And it's just a really great thing to do. There's a ton of barefoot shoe options out there. And so you know, pick one. Join us in the Body Nerds Facebook group because we share stuff in there all the time. Ask the question what, you know, someone's favorite brand is. And I'm sure there's another 10 options there for you. So strengthen your feet. And you can do that, like I said, more time barefoot or working on mobility. So the difference between mobility and flexibility is that flexibility is just, you know, how stretchy you are. Can my ankle move this way. And mobility is not only can it move that way, but can I do it with control? So you really want to think about making the ankle stronger in every direction because stretching isn't going to prepare your tissues or your brain on how to work in those different positions or directions. One of the ways I love to do this, I call it silly walking, which is where I walk on my feet in all the ways, walking on the balls of your feet or walking on your heels or trying to walk on the outside edges of your feet um, will all help to strengthen the ankle in all of those directions. You can even try to walk on the inside edges of your feet, but it's way harder because of the way the ankle joint is structured. So work on that mobility, spend some more time barefoot. Um, There's a ton of other things you can do that will help those two activities be even more beneficial. And come on in and join us in the Body Nerds Facebook group and we talk all about that. So things like soft tissue massage and, you know, the specific exercises and all of that. Now, if you are rehabbing an active sprain that's super fresh, The first goal is to get the swelling out and not by ice because swelling in itself isn't bad. It's a natural part of the healing process. It brings in extra blood and all of the cells that are going to help the area rebuild. So it's a good thing to have. But when swelling just sits in a joint and gets more and more and things get really swollen or really bruised, that's going to press on nerve endings, create that pain, and also decreases movement. So you do want to get swelling out. And the best way to do that is with a tool called the Voodoo Floss Bands. I've seen them on Amazon. They're called compression bands. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. But imagine it like a bike tire like that kind of rubber um, except it's like totally flat I think it originally started as a bike tire like the rubber inner tube part and has now turned into a total product Um, but what you can use a voodoo floss band is for intermittent compression based joint mobilization which means you wrap it as tightly as you can for short periods of time And what that can do is to really help kind of flush out the swelling of a joint. And then your body has an opportunity to do what it needs to do. So if the swelling keeps showing up, obviously there's something going on, but you can just help speed the process of your body reabsorbing that swelling and bringing it into the lymphatic system rather than just having it sit there. When it sits in the joint for a long time, that's where we start to run into some trouble because the swelling itself, yes, it helps to rebuild, but when it hangs around for weeks and weeks and weeks, it actually starts to break down the same tissues that it was supposed to be healing. So again, swelling isn't evil, but we do want to try to help it out as it goes. 
Ice doesn't help with this because icing does just, you know, curb that swelling. There hasn't been a ton of research about how deep the ice is actually going. So is it actually even getting to your ligaments? I don't know. I'll talk about swelling and ice in another episode. So it's coming. Um, But get the swelling out. Voodoo bands are the best in my opinion. And another thing you want to work on is pain-free movement. So again, go back and listen to episode four of your brain on pain to get way in depth to what's happening. But you want to start moving again as soon as it feels comfortable. And usually that's anywhere from two to four days after that initial injury. Do what you can. Do what little you can. Because I've seen with clients who are hesitant to move because it hurts, your brain becomes hypersensitive to pain. So then everything hurts. So it becomes really hard to distinguish what is okay and what's not okay. So definitely try to move a little bit um, and go back and listen to episode four, Your Brain on Pain, um, for more information about like that actual pain process and what is happening. But moving is good. And I know rice is like the you know gold standard, which is rest, ice, compression, elevation, but movement is going to help everything move through the joint so much faster and help you get literally back on your feet and get your body awareness and proprioception back online so much faster. Now, if you have had an ankle sprain, whether it's fresh or it's old, and honestly, this swelling and the pain-free movement, this goes for older ankle sprains as well. So if there's still places that hurt when you move, you use some tool, whether it's your hands or a therapy ball to help work on that proprioception, which is the body awareness piece, so that you can move better. And again, episode four goes way deeper into that. But pain-free movement goes for older ankle sprains as well. Ideally, you want to be able to move your joints through their full range of motion without experiencing pain. If you have an old ankle injury, you might be accustomed to wearing a brace all the time. Now, when you're first in pain, yes, absolutely use a brace to help give you that extra support to prevent further injury, 1000%. But the goal isn't to forever wear a brace, just like when you break your arm, you're not going to perpetually have a cast on it. There is a point where the cast comes off and you have to get stronger. The same goes for ankles. Work to get rid of that brace. And this is, again, could be for any joint, but just specifically today I'm talking about ankles. Because ideally, your body should be able to move without pain in all directions. If you still need the brace, there's probably some strengthening that can be done. There's definitely some soft tissue release that can be done to really help with that body awareness and helping with that pain response. So there's a lot to do, but I hate to break it to you. It's not as easy as just putting on a brace and calling it a day. I grew up playing soccer and I we didn't have uh, the artificial turf. So we had real turf, which means there was like tufts and holes and like the grass was terrible. I can't even begin to tell you how many ankle sprains I've had in my day. Um, and then that ankle sprain in college that I told you about at the top of the episode. So like my ankles have been sprained a bunch of times, but I don't have ankle pain. And I don't feel like I need to wear a brace anymore or really ever because my ankles feel so much stronger than they ever did before. And a lot of that I attribute to wearing less 
restrictive footwear. So going barefoot, uh, you know, checking out shoe wear and footwear brands that are more barefoot or zero drop is what it's called, which refers to the distance between your heel and your toes. So that's a great place to start. Again, do it incrementally. Don't go all in or your feet will not be happy about that. And if you want some extra support, you know I'm here for you. So you can head on over to aewellness.com slash apply and book a time for us to talk and we will get really clear and focused on how to get you on the fast track to feeling amazing every single day. So hopefully all of the nerdiness hasn't frightened you, but you do feel a little bit more confident that you know about ankles and how they work and how you can strengthen your ankles, whether your ankle sprain or issues are new or have been around for a while. Here's to asking better questions, moving more and get nerdy. We definitely got nerdy on today's episode. As always, if you have any questions, send me a message. Uh, You can hit me up on all of the channels, which are all in the show notes as well. And if you enjoyed this week's episode or you know somebody who has had an ankle sprain recently or maybe they've mentioned that their feet or ankles are feeling kind of funky, do me a huge favor and share this episode with them. Because there's so much that you can do to help your body get stronger, to improve your flexibility, and to feel amazing every day. And it doesn't require you becoming a personal trainer or an exercise physiologist or kinesiologist or any of those things. You can do it yourself for sure. Also, if you enjoyed today's episode, do me a huge favor and leave a review on your favorite podcast platform and let me know what your favorite part was. Send me a screenshot and tag me. I love seeing these. It makes me super excited to see reviews and people listening to and appreciating the episodes. I so appreciate you. So that's it for today. I think we have enough nerdiness to last us at least until next week. So I'll talk to you next week. Life without pain is possible. And if you're ready to break up with all the things that are only giving you temporary relief, I've got just the thing. Head on over to bodynerdshow.com to download a checklist with nine simple things to soothe yourself when you're in pain. It doesn't have to be complicated, and it won't take you more than 15 minutes a day. 